So I'm a scientist. And I'm not, but I'm curious about science. She asks a lot of questions. I ask a lot of questions. And it's always fun for me to explain complex science in understandable ways. So So we we made made a podcast. podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to So I Married a Scientist. I'm Corey. And I'm Mel. And today, we are going to bring you a listener request episode. All right. Our first listener request. Community topic. I'm so excited. So this request comes from Amy from California. Amy from California. That sounds like your mom. It is my mom. All right. (laughs) She was the first person to use the contact form on our website. She sent us an official request that we talk about muscles and how muscles are built up and destroyed. What's I don't know what the word is. Broken down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think we had that on the list. It wasn't even on the list. That's perfect. This is going to be a great topic. Thank you, Amy from California. (laughs) Okay. So here's my first question. Sure. What would happen if we didn't have any muscles? Is that a serious question? Okay, let's just humor me for a minute. What would happen? Well, your heart is a muscle. Oh, yeah. So... You'd be, you'd be dead. <laughs> you'd be dead. It's a pretty easy one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No heart, no yeah. life. No life. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. So... But actually, yeah. So let's let's stay there for a second because there are three different types of muscles. There is cardiac muscle, which is exclusive your to the heart. heart. Oh. There's smooth muscle which is specific to things like your sphincters and other things. That's a gross word. I love the word sphincter. Ew, why? I just think it's a really interesting word. Sphincter. It just sounds really cool. (laughs) It's a sphincter. (laughs) It reminds me of sphinxes. Okay, anyway, continue. So anyway, those are two types of involuntary muscles. So that means you don't have any control over them. So just think you can't just like will your heart to beat faster. There are things you can do to make your heart beat faster, but you can't just control your heartbeat. Right? Like you can Directly. control your breathing. Right. Okay. So, and then there are other, so that those are the first two types of muscles. And then the third type of muscle is skeletal muscle. And this is the type of muscle that allows you to move things. So, so it's not muscles in your bones, but it's muscles next to your bones. Right. So these are okay. muscles that are in between bones. Right? Okay. So you have skeletal muscle that provides support and movement for your bones. Okay. So if you don't have cardiac muscles, you dead. If you don't have sphincter muscles, uh, you also dead. Or you, you yeah. can't do things like digest. Oh, yeah. You're dead. You dead. Wait, yeah. Why, though? Because your entire digestive system is powered by smooth muscle kaput okay if you don't have skeletal muscles you just don't move well very well is that right you yeah, also yeah you all you're also dead aren't there there's some degenerative diseases that actually compromise people's skeletal ability to build skeletal yeah, muscles? so you definitely can get atrophy and dystrophy and all that kind of stuff but once you lose enough muscle you can't really pass move. away yeah oh, okay well so we've got three different types of muscle. I did not know that the heart has its own unique m- type of muscle. I yeah, so it's that. structurally different from the smooth muscle and skeletal muscle. Okay, so we've established there are different types of muscles, but what do muscles actually do in like the textbook definition of the sense? 
Yeah, so for the sake of this conversation, I think we should just stick exclusively to skeletal muscle. It'll make it a little bit easier. Um, and that's because the other two types are involuntary and not quite as interesting, though we could definitely do a, an episode on the heart and cardiac muscles and that kind of stuff. Well, Amy requested that we talk about how muscles are built up and not built up. So I think that probably... And we probably will most certainly do that in the context of skeletal muscles. That muscle. probably means skeletal muscles mostly. Like, I, I, I think so, yeah. Like working out. Like working out, Lifting yeah. some serious iron. Yeah. Getting Pump, swole. Pumping it. Pump it up. Yeah. Um, no, but that's a great question. So basically your muscles serve to support your limbs and other parts of your body and they contract to allow you to move things so skeletal muscle and other muscles actually can only contract they don't push against anything they can only pull because of that you have pairs of muscles throughout your body like your biceps and triceps are opposing pairs of muscles and your quads and hamstrings are opposing pairs of muscles so if one is contracting then the other is relaxing and you move in one direction and then the other one contracts and you move in the other direction is this why I start feeling really weird after I sit at a desk all week because like only some of my muscles are getting exercise and the the opposite pair is probably getting ignored a little bit? Sure. Ergonomics. Yeah. No, ergonomics is a very important part of health and wellness. Yeah. But muscle imbalance, I guess, is what that would mean, right? If you have a muscle imbalance, that means that like those pairs, like one of them's getting attention and the other one's getting Oh yeah, you can neglected. definitely get some muscle imbalances. Yeah. Like for me, whenever I'm watching the Olympics, I always think about speed skaters when they're going around that really, really tight track and the fact that they're only going in one direction and they're probably building ridiculous muscles on one side of their body and not on the other side. I've always wondered that. Yeah. So that's just one thing that I think about when I'm watching the Olympics. So they probably have to really work out the other side when they're not speed skating. Yeah. I don't know what Otherwise, they do. I don't know. I feel if like you're a speed skater and you're listening to this, tell us. I feel us. like you would get really lopsided. <laughs> when you started just walking in circles. Yeah. Because what <laughs> <laughs> okay, so muscles just contract. They only contract, yeah. Okay. They can't push against anything. They can't, okay. So, okay, so I want to ask how contraction works, but maybe we need to talk about, like, how muscles Yeah, so in function. order to understand how the contraction process works, we kind of have to break down the muscle cell. Break itself. it down. So, muscle cells, and particularly skeletal muscle cells, are very interesting cells in the body, and it's because... They are what's known as multinucleated, and we can discuss the development process and how they get to this way. But it's actually one of the few cells in your body where you have more than one nucleus per cell. Okay, so what's a normal cell doing with a nucleus? Yeah, so a normal cell typically just has one nucleus. But what's a nucleus? And that's where all your DNA is. Okay. And... That's where you start the process of protein development or protein building. So you get the sequence of DNA that encodes that particular protein. You turn it into RNA. And then from that RNA, you build a protein in a ribosome. And then you send it to wherever it needs to go in the cell. Okay. So the nucleus is like the little center of the cell, I'm assuming. It's where all the genetic material is. All the genetic, okay. The foundation for all of the proteins that are built and they're built in proteins in there it's a little protein factory well proteins are built in the cytoplasm outside the nucleus okay. because the rna goes from the nucleus to the cytoplasm and that's where the protein's built but basically you just have to know that all of the protein generation initiates in the dna in the 
nucleus. Well, what does the protein do? What's that for? Yeah, so it could do a lot of things. There are structural proteins. There are those cellular machine proteins that we mentioned during another episode. And in the case of a muscle cell, you have a ton of these long filaments of proteins. And those long filaments of proteins are what actually cause the contractions. Isn't hair a long filament of protein? Hair is made out of keratin. Oh, not protein. Which is a protein. <laughs> so is, yeah. So your cells are making like hair in there? No, not at so, all. Okay. All right. So let's back up a second. We have a cell. Let's picture it kind of like a log. Actually, no. Let's picture it like a bag of pull and peel Twizzlers. I don't like Twizzlers, though. That's going to color my opinion no, but, okay. of but this illustration. I think this will work. Can we okay? just use... Okay. So one bag of Twizzlers. pull and peel Twizzlers. It has to be the pull and peel kind. Okay. All right. Is a muscle cell. Okay. And then if you, on the inside of that bag, put a few marshmallows. Those are the nuclei. Two of them. No, 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 multiple. Like multiple. Several. Oh. Marshmallows. So normally cells just have one marshmallow. Right. Why do we always use food to explain things like this? Uh, it's where my mind goes, I guess. <laughs> Great. Okay. So you put a marshmallow in the Twizzlers. A couple of them. Yeah. Couple so those of are them? the the nuclei. Nuclei. Those are the nuclei. And Nucleated. then you have all of these proteins, and those are the actual pull and peel Twizzlers. Okay. And they're long filamentous proteins. Not like hair. Well, I wouldn't think of them like hair, but okay. they're long filaments made of protein. And there are two different types. There's actin and there's myosin. Okay. And they sit next to each other and they kind of overlap. And all of the myosins are surrounded by actins and all the actins are surrounded by myosins. And then you get a neural impulse from your brain saying, I need to move. And that neural impulse tells the myosin and the actin to touch. And then the myosin pulls the actins that are attached to either side of the cell together, and then you get this accordion-like contraction that pulls the muscle cell together. Whoa. And if you have multiple of these happening throughout the muscle, then the whole kind of cascade effect makes you contract your muscle and pull the bones together, and then you get your muscle actually working. So your muscles are being pulled like when you like flex your bicep like i'm doing it right now yeah look how look everyone how, should look just how picture mel flexing Arr! two big biceps huge right i'm are you so intimidated wicked yeah i shouldn't whip these guns out very often you know anyway so when i'm doing that all of my muscle cells in that particular bicep muscle every single cell is going like not it's, every single cell okay but most, um, of a, most of them are like squeezing, and then all the cells squeezing together. Right. Means that the whole muscle squeeze. Right. So I, okay. the reason why I said not every single one is because it's not always going to be 100% recruitment of muscle cells. That's part of the reason why some people are stronger than others. Recruitment. Yeah. So depending on how many cells your neurons turn on and tell to contract, that's going to depend on how forcefully you contract your muscle. But... Yeah, so in order to contract, a lot of these cells are just kind of doing that little accordion-like myosin-actin sliding past each other to make the muscle cell shorter. So some of your cells are like defectors from the army. Like they're like, I'm not, I'm not going to be recruited. Like I'm not participating in that brain yeah. signal. Yeah, well, it depends. So sometimes you just don't have a strong enough signal 
Okay, so like I can minorly flex and then I can like really flex as hard as I can. Right. I know you can't see a difference. Well. <laughs> so you can definitely kind of get stages of flexing. Mm-hmm. And that depends on how many of those cells are active. Because each fiber inside that cell pulls at about the same force. So like one fiber in any of those cells is going to pull at the exact same force, more or less. So it just depends on how many of those are turned on and Whoa. how thick you have. You know, some people have huge muscles, so they just have much more additive fibers pulling on their skeleton to make them flex. But each individual fiber doesn't get stronger. It's just you either get more of them or you turn more of them on. Whoa. Okay. The two fibers in the two types of fibers in the, the actin cells. and the myosin. Actin and the myosin. The cell makes it? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What happens if the nucleus doesn't make it yet? It's just like an empty Twizzler bag? Yeah, so, it's just like a so if sack. you damage the, so this is actually a pretty good point. So during weightlifting or mm-hmm. other strenuous exercise, you're constantly damaging those, those cells because you can only do that so many times before they're like, wait, I can't pull anymore. And then you get damaged muscle tissue. And then you kind of have to repurpose it. So you break some of it down and then you have to make more muscle fibers to replace them. Wait, what? Yeah, so you're constantly... <laughs> You're, you're constantly, constantly destroying your muscle cells. Yeah, so you're like if you're working doing out? these little micro tears and That's all that so kind of violent. stuff. violent. Yeah. So in order to encourage your body to make more of them, you need to kind of ruin the ones that you have. What? So, yeah. So your body kind of clears away the bad tissue that you destroyed a little bit. And then makes new fibers. And sometimes you make more fibers and that's how you get muscle growth. You said repurpose though. So like the the muscle cells that get damaged, what happens to them? Yeah. So you have specialized enzymes that can go in and break down the muscle proteins into amino acids. And you can either reuse those amino acids or, you know, digest them and use them for energy. Okay. So your body breaks down busted muscle cells. And then you make more muscle cells. If you have enough protein. So if you've ever noticed people who are really big into lifting and muscle growth, they take a ton of protein supplements and eat a ton of eggs and have really high protein diets. Got to get those protein shakes. Constantly have a protein supply to do this. Otherwise, you just degrade the damaged muscle tissue and replace it with nothing. And then you get muscle atrophy and you actually get smaller muscles. Wow. Okay, that's not bogus, all those protein shakes and stuff like that. No, no, that's a very scientifically necessary part right. of the bodybuilding w- process. What if you're like me and you don't work out as much as you should and you make protein shakes for yourself? Then you're just taking an extra protein and probably not putting it to very good use. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's pretty wasteful. All right. So uh, so you are constantly making more muscles if you're working out properly and then replacing the protein. Yeah. So there are actually two parts. So you might have heard of people who lift too much and don't provide adequate rest in between their lifting programs. Got to have a rest day. So uh, I hear. The rest day is actually very important because okay. this whole process of breaking down the damaged tissue and then replacing it with new tissue takes about 24 to 48 hours. So if you're constantly lifting, you're not actually allowing your body to make more muscle. So you got to chill out sometimes. Sometimes you just got to rest, yeah. (laughs) Scientifically speaking. Scientifically. All right. So if you're a bodybuilder and you got big old muscles. Yep. So you've basically taught all your muscles to respond. Like when you flex your bicep, like I was trying to do earlier, 
all your muscle cells should respond or not necessarily not all okay but a lot of them and that's actually a really good question because there are some people out there who just are better at activating their muscles than others just genetically speaking just genetically speaking they're nervous system is for whatever reason just really good at saying hey muscle contract so you can get people who look pretty small stature wise but they're crazy they can strong really lift yeah compared to like these massive bodybuilders who may not be able to lift as much as those smaller people by relative stature what's the explanation for that because i've actually heard that bodybuilders sometimes are not that strong compared to other types of athletes because they're they're developing muscles like more for show um well yeah so if you think about just the way things work if you have 50 percent more muscle mass but you only have 50 percent of the recruitment from your nervous system then you're going to be the same strength basically as someone who's half your size okay so let's say you go to the gym and you break down some of your muscles and then your body starts making new muscle cells. So what's that like? Yeah. So all of your muscles have this specialized type of cell called a satellite cell. And that is basically the muscle stem cell, right? So it's a progenitor cell that comes before developed muscle. What does progenitor mean? Before. Yeah. Just before. So it's a precursor cell. Okay. And, that cell can divide. And when it divides, half of the cell stays as a satellite cell, but the other half develops into a myoblast. And that is a muscle cell precursor that's even closer to a developed muscle. And then when you get many of these myoblasts in a close vicinity, they all start merging together. And that's how... The Hulk is made. No, that's how you get these multinucleated cells from several single nucleus cells. Oh, so it's like it's like pieced together from many different types of cells? Like yeah, big... so they're literally single nucleus cells that just start fusing together to make these really long cells that have lots of those myofibrils in them, and that structure is very good for contraction. The Twizzlers. The big Twizzler bag that contracts like an accordion. Okay. Oh, and we didn't say this earlier. I guess so it should be like a really long Twizzler bag. Yeah, they're very long cells. Long. Okay. You know, they're very thin, but they can be a couple centimeters long. I hear people talking about lean muscles. What does that mean? So even within skeletal muscle, there are two different types of muscle. There's slow twitch muscle and there's fast twitch muscle. And the composition is slightly different. So slow twitch muscle operates aerobically so it constantly has oxygen and it's not doing a lot of hard work relative to fast twitch muscle and fast twitch muscle operates a lot of the time in anaerobic conditions which means that it goes so fast that it depletes its oxygen stores and it builds up lactic acid and other things so it's much stronger but it can't last quite as long so the endurance portion is in the slow twitch muscle and the fast sprinter type of muscle is the fast twitch muscle. We're talking like marathon versus sprinting. Right. Okay, what's aerobic versus anaerobic? So aerobic versus anaerobic is whether your energy source is coming from an oxygen-rich environment or an oxygen-depleted environment. And it's how you create ATP, so the energy 
source for the cells in those different environments. If you have oxygen, then it's a very efficient process. If it's without oxygen, then you're kind of just scrambling to make more ATP in time before you run out. Why, <laughs> why wouldn't you have oxygen? Because you're breathing. <laughs> right. So what? that's actually a really good How point. How does your body get the oxygen And that's a great it. question. So within your slow twitch muscles, you have this store of oxygen. And it's stored in myoglobin, which is an iron-containing molecule that is very similar to hemoglobin in your red blood cells. So the easiest way to envision this is in a commercial chicken or turkey because fast twitch muscle is the breast meat, the white meat, because there's no myoglobin. And then their thighs and legs have myoglobin, which is why it's called dark meat, because the myoglobin is actually what gives it the color. Oh, that bums me out for some reason. So like cows have almost exclusively red meat, and that's because it's just constantly holding up all this weight, and it has a really high concentration of these myoglobins, but that's also why nutritionally it's a much better source of iron than something like chicken. Whoa. So if someone's working out, what kind of exercises are fast twitch versus slow twitch exercises? So like sprinting is a fast twitch muscle situation. What's lifting weights? It depends on how much you're lifting. Oh. If you're lifting really heavy weights, it would be a fast twitch muscle situation. Okay. If you're doing like really long exercises with really low weight, that would be more of a slow twitch muscle situation. So which one is considered lean muscle? the slow twitch muscle oh wait a second so I, all these like women's magazines out there are like you need to develop your lean muscle but they're telling me to develop my less strong muscles what they're telling you to do is do less weight more reps so rather than try to bench 300 pounds but i want to be stronger so then and in that case the strength is relative right yeah if that's you true. can only do two reps how strong are you really? Mm, I don't know. You know. This is probably the most I've ever talked about exercise with anyone. All right. You're making it interesting to me. There you go. We just joined the gym. I just joined the gym. We did. Yeah. Joined the YMCA. Yeah. It was, uh, honestly, the gym is not my happy place like it is for some people. I'm trying to learn. If you have any tips on people who are listening, tips on making the gym fun, I would please love to hear it. I think there are probably several podcasts on nutrition and working out and making it fun. Yeah. Well, nutrition, I mean, I tried to start a blog called saladhaters.com. It didn't go very far, but... I think that kind of sums up the <laughs> underlying issue. It was going to be nutrition for people who hate eating healthy, but then I realized that I'm really not qualified to speak on the subject. Hey, if you're listening, and you, so not only if you have gym tips for making the gym fun and not horrible, but also if you're a nutritionist and you want a good nutrition blog i got an idea for you saladhaters.com yeah i would read that i would read it anyway right. okay i have one more question about the aerobic anaerobic okay. thing okay so i had to take kinesiology in college okay which yep. clearly taught me a lot um but i, I remember sp one thing that the professor said that it's very important when you breathe, how you breathe when you're weightlifting. Cause like if you do really hard exercises when you're breathing out, then your muscles aren't getting as much oxygen. Is that have anything to do with the fast twitch muscles? Say that again. She said, 
when you like are lifting something heavy, like you need to breathe in while you are doing the hardest part of your work. I think that's directly contrary to everything I was taught about weightlifting. I was told to breathe out really hard every time I push the weight up. It's possible that I'm remembering this incorrectly. Okay. Okay. But breathing is actually important to like oxygenating yourself while you... Yeah. Well, breathing is just generally important for life. So you're, yeah, you don't want to hold your breath while you're lifting weights. You definitely want to continue breathing. Well, okay, but what about your diaphragm? Is that a skeletal muscle or a smooth muscle? Because it's not attached to your skeleton, is it? It's under your lungs and you can control it, but it's also involuntary. And the fact that like when you're not thinking about it, your diaphragm's just working, moving your lungs in and out. But I can also hold my breath. So diaphragm's like both, isn't it? The reason I know about diaphragm is because I'm a singer. So diaphragms are very important for singing. Yeah, so I would ask you right now, Move your diaphragm. Moved right. it. So you could just move it. Yeah. So therefore, it's a voluntary muscle. Okay. Which makes it a skeletal muscle. But it's not in a ske- on a skeleton. Well, it's attached to, I believe, the bottom of your rib cage. And that's Probably. what expands your lungs when you kind of create a vacuum from moving that diaphragm around. Okay. All right. So now I would like to ask about lactic acid. All right. Tell me about it. What's it do? Why so is lactic it acid is a byproduct of anaerobic exercise. Anaerobic is the is the fast twitch fast muscle twitch muscle portion. Okay. So you only get so that's when your muscles get sore. Well, your muscles get sore from exercise in general because again you're breaking down that muscle tissue. Okay. But if you do strenuous workouts, like if you're sprinting a lot, if you're playing a really intense game of something, and you're running around. What happens is your myoglobins eventually will get depleted of their oxygen stores, and you have to switch your energy production, and it's much less efficient in terms of the total amount of ATP that you can get from the process. Sorry, what's ATP again? It's a little molecule Okay. that is basically the energy currency of your cell. Oh. And because you break off the phosphate groups and that bond cleavage is what gives you the energy to do things. Ew, cleavage, why? Okay, so anyway, yeah. <laughs> ATP is like a little money? It's, it's like basically a little cell like money? energy currency, yeah. So ATP is really important. Other ions are very important, which we can get into. But the product of that anaerobic energy production is lactic acid. So that's like the end stage. So in order to get ATP out of the system, you end up with some lactic acid. And if you do this enough, if you have so much anaerobic exercise that you build up a lot of this lactic acid, it actually impacts the ability of your muscles to do anything. So it's not very good. And that's part of the reason why you can cramp is the lactic acid builds up. So it doesn't just make you sore. It actually like impedes the muscle from working properly. Yeah. So the more acidic the environment, the harder it is to make more ATP. So if you get this huge buildup of the end product, you feel really stiff. Your chemicals don't want to continue to make that byproduct. So your body's Spends ATP and then it turns into lactic acid. Well, no. In the anaerobic form of energy production, you make ATP and the byproduct is lactic acid. So once you got a lot of lactic acid and you're all sore and everything and you you might take, you know, an Epsom salt bath or get a massage, but like eventually your body has to just get rid of it, right? You can't just like make it go away. It doesn't stick around for that long. Oh, um, so you end up clearing it. And then the soreness is really just the breakdown of muscle tissue. It's just your muscles being destroyed. Yeah. 
And then that whole process of breaking them down and replacing them. Fascinating. Okay, so this is like, I'm learning so much today. So cramps. So tell me about cramps. I know about menstrual cramps, obviously. Yeah, so there are a couple different contributors for cramps. Hydration is very important. So if you get dehydrated, then all these systems are kind of made worse. So like lactic acid buildup is worse and the ability to hydrate your muscles is worse. So you can get cramps a lot faster. Wait, so there's oxygen in water, H2O, right? So if you don't, does that affect oxygen storage? No, we're not capable of getting oxygen from water like fish. Okay. We have to breathe it in. I was excited about that theory, but okay. Yeah, no, we don't do that. So what is a muscle cramp actually? What is it? Yeah, so it's a contraction of the muscle cell that you can't release. So those actin and myosins pull together. And, and they then, get stuck? And then they get stuck. Oh, no. So you need energy or other ions. So other important ions are calcium, potassium, and magnesium. And if you're low in those, you can also get these muscle contractions that don't want to stretch out. So that's why when you have a cramp, you want to stretch out the muscle and kind of pull those actins and myosins apart, which doesn't feel great, but it's the way to relieve the pain because you literally have this overstimulated muscle spasm. So there are two ways to do that, right? So it's either the muscles getting locked together or it's the neurons just constantly telling your muscle to fire. Oh. So there are two different So your types. brain can do it or the muscles can do it. So it's either a nervous system issue where your neurons are just constantly saying contract, 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 or it's this muscle that's just unable to unlock itself. Yeah. But why do the muscles get stuck like that? Because they, they can't because they need, themselves? They don't, they're completely depleted of well they, those nutrients? Yeah, so they need the ions or ions. the energy to actually release. That's really cool. Yeah, so you may have heard that eating bananas before a really intense workout helps with cramping. Potassium. And that's because of the potassium. You may have heard that Tums is a really good treatment for pregnancy cramps because you're supplying the calcium. calcium. So magnesium, mushrooms, mushrooms. Yeah, there's mag there's uh, mushrooms have a lot of magnesium in it. I didn't know that. Yeah, schooled, scienced. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I should Google that and make sure. Hold on. Yes, I googled it. Mushrooms have magnesium, as does spinach and legumes. Okay, so those are electrolytes, right? Those three things that you named and right. salt. Yep. We should do like a whole episode on electrolytes. It would be very cool. Yeah, that's why if you're running a marathon and you only drink water, it's bad. You got to drink need Gatorade? other electrolytes or else you can get water poisoning. Whoa, water poisoning? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I've got a couple of final questions sure. on my list. All right, so first of all, how many muscles do we have in our human body? I'd like to know. Yeah, so that's actually a really good question. And I think there's not a perfect consensus on it. Mm. I think the most cited figure is somewhere in the 640 to 650 range. But it depends on how you categorize these big muscle groups. And some people break them down a lot further than others. And I think the highest figures that I've seen are in the 800s. Whoa, that's a lot of muscles. It's a lot of muscles. What's the strongest muscle? Is it the tongue? Because I've always heard that. Or maybe that's just poetically the case. So you can do the most damage. I think, you know, you can move your tongue in multiple directions, which, very makes, dexterous. which makes it more than one muscle because yeah. each one of those movements is a contraction of one particular part 
Oh, the, I never thought about my tongue as like a group of muscles, but that's yeah, totally so got to be the case, right? In order to go in multiple directions, you need to have multiple muscles because, again, you can only contract. I think from a force standpoint, in terms of how much force you can put on an object, the strongest muscle is actually your jaw muscle. Mm. So it's called the masseter. And that's because the physics of that interaction is very optimized for power. So you have a perfect like fulcrum and the where you're pulling and all that kind of stuff is just very well optimized. I feel like it's cheating if it's helped with a fulcrum. Right. So that's just force output. But in terms of like total power of the muscle itself, like it would capita. be one of your larger muscles because again, the myofibrils pull the same force per myofibril. So like your quad or your gluteus maximus or those kinds of bigger muscle groups would be the best candidates yeah. for us. All my muscles are the strongest muscles. All right. <laughs> Just so we've established this. Great. <laughs> Any other questions or things you can think about for muscles? Those are all my questions. All right. We've answered well, them. If any of our listeners have specific questions about muscles, please feel free to contact us. We'd love to hear from you. And Mel, how can they get in touch? You can go to our website, soeemeritascientist.com, and leave us a message like Amy did. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Amy. Um, you can just email us. We got a Gmail thing set up. You could email us, soeemeritascientist at gmail.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those things. And we're on iTunes, finally, which we're very excited about. Uh, we just passed 300 downloads for the first time ever. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, guys. We are so stoked. It's like we're having a blast with this podcast. Glad to have you with us. So good to have you. So good to have you. Uh, we hope you have a great day. Yeah, have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening. Music by Lemonfest. Logo and marketing by Cambridge Creative Group. Edited and produced by Corey and Mel. See you next time. <laughs>